So as we were recording this episode, episode 29, we encountered some pretty heinous technical difficulties to the point that we ended up having to stop halfway through the episode after trying for almost two hours and getting around 30 minutes recorded. So around halfway through, you may notice our voices change a little bit. Puberty. This is because I'm very sick, you know, a month He's later. pretty sick. It is literally... We recorded on the 17th of May, and we're now recording on the 16th of June. It's been a month. So if you notice a drastic change in my voice, that is why. So we still think the episode came together quite nicely. Please enjoy. We don't know yet because we haven't finished recording it. We don't, but, you know, you got to have confidence, you know? You gotta... I've never in my life had confidence. <laughs> this is a podcast where we dungeon. <laughs> is that it? Yeah. <laughs> We dungeon, <laughs> yo. We don't do anything with dragons, only dungeons. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your patience, and thank you for listening to Make Believe Heroes, this actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, of course. My name is Paul, and today I'm playing D&D with four dudes. What are their names in order? Oh, hey, this is Jeremy. I play Lark Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Servants Off the Wall. Onamaiwa Jim Des, Walaku Desu, To Hafu Fu Desu. Okay, now translate that into. I got to go Zaymas. Hi, I am Jim, and I am a half elk warlock. Half elk. Half elk. <laughs> He's half elk. <laughs> this is not he is right. Half elkin. Kuai. I was. He found the winter stag. Really struggling with my Japanese because. I, anyway, I'll, let's do this. Hi, I'm Alan Boone, and I play Jim. You play Jim? Jim. Jim. A little cart. Hello, I'm Red, and I play Kellen. So, last time when we played Dungeons & Dragons on Make Believe Heroes, the group did something that they have never previously done on this show. We went shopping. They went shopping. Mm, yes, darling. Of course, you know, it's really the first time I guess they've really had a chance. They could have gone and... Branchire, a couple of you guys. There wasn't a lot of shopping to do. You kind of went shopping in Foothill Village, though. Shopping. When you went and harassed. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, yeah. Lorik went shopping. What was that What was that gnome's name? Oh, Zany. The guy who... Zany. Zany almost killed me. The guy who gave us the Yeah, thing. he gave the wand of... He sold the Wand of Wonders to Lorik. So you all went there, but this time it was just all the shopping you could want. They were exploring all of the great venues that the canopy had to offer. Each member of our team found themselves some new swag to bring into their inventory. Yeah. Now, with some newly acquired necessities, our adventurers are all set to meet up again in the Sulch Branch and finally go and meet Elevanre Honorius himself. <gasps> yes. Please, please. Who's that? Before we get back into the Donjons and Dragons, let me roll this giant D20. Don't do it. Thirteen. That's lucky. That means we're going to rebel against the DM. Mm. What if oh, you yeah. all died tonight? 
But before we get to all that, we got some other stuff we got to do. So, like for example, Kellen. Last time when we played, Kellen went off on his own to take care of some personal business. What'd you do, Kellen? How could you? So, Kellen, you went back across the bridge heading toward the Solch District, right? Or the Solch Branch. Yes, I did. I walked there myself. You guys had traveled over to uh, the Las Branch to do your shopping of the the canopy. And now you're heading back over to the sort of residential district of the canopy called Solch. Mulch. Not mulch. Mulch. It is S-O-L-C-H. Solch. Yes. S-O-U-L-C-H. Solch. Kellen, as you make your way over the bridge, headed toward the Solch branch, what are you doing? I am looking for a specific house on a specific street in a specific neighborhood. Okay. In a specific canopy. Well, right now you're on the bridge. It takes you a little bit to make your way over there. While you're heading back, the rest of these guys are in their respective shops looking for new gifts to buy Mm, themselves. How lovely. And you cross the bridge. You make your way. You reach the Solch District, and you turn right. You start heading out toward the outskirts of the canopy in that direction. And you, like I said, you've not been in this city a lot. You've only been here a few times. The last time you were here, you were here with Irma. Yes. Oh. You guys had come to visit her parents. You can remember the way to her house pretty easily from where you are. So you make your way out toward the outer reaches of the Salts Branch, and you come up on a small little street that cuts between two large apartment complex sort of things. They're large structures built from those leaves and things. And You turn down between them, and it, it heads out, and actually it's kind of weird. It's sort of how a leaf comes off of a tree. It goes up and out a little bit. It's like that, but there's a branch growing out, and on it is this little... It's sort of like a hut. It's not tiny, but it it looks like a large hut. There are daisies planted outside. It has red and orange leaves making the roof, and the walls are grown up from the branch platform that goes out in that direction. I walk up, and I knock on the door. You smell those daisies. It's a very familiar smell. You knock on the door, and you hear a voice from inside just just a second after a couple seconds the door opens up and saying there is a gnomish woman she's got greenish hair with gray mixed in it very evenly mixed between gray and green she's wearing a simple little dress and she's got some spectacles on and she opens the door and as she steps into it she just pauses looking at you and there's this moment of tense silence and then she says, Kellen! And she runs out and throws her arms around you. Hey. Hey, Miss Holly. Kellen, it's good to see you. It's, uh, it's been a while. I, it's been uh, so long. I just, what are you doing here in the, in the canopy? Well, I came to see my granddad, and uh, I thought I'd stop by and say hello. Sure, sure. W- won't you come inside for a drink? All right. Some water? Yes, please. Please, please, come, come inside. She steps inside, she shuts the door behind you all, and it's just like you remember it. Quaint, but nice little place. It's very clean and well-kept. There's a little table off to the side with a little flower arrangement in it. Everything is very, very 
well kept, almost to the point that it seems like it's not that lived in. Please, won't you have a seat? Um, I thank you, thank you, and I go and sit down on the couch. Up on some tea. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You have a seat. You hear her in the kitchen. She's fiddling around with some dishes, getting things ready. After a few minutes, she comes back in with a little tray with the tea kettle and a couple of cups, and she says, So, Kellen, tell me, what brings you back into town? Um, well, I, um, I met this group of people that, uh... Oh, interesting. Offered to, offered me a job as their guide, and they're really cool guys, but they wanted me to take them to this certain grove. Oh, but it's it's really a long story. Um, honestly, I don't even know how I got mixed up into this. I really don't. I just, you know, everything happened so quickly, and here I am. That all sounds very interesting, Kellen. It, it sounds like an adventure. <laughs> yeah. I really needed one, I guess. Ah, uh, I can understand that, Kellen. So, um... Well, is is Mr. Josset here? When you, you say that, she she gets a little bit of a uh, like a hard look on her face, you know. I'm afraid not. Uh, Josset, he 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 he's not been here for quite a while now. Uh, you know, he he couldn't really he couldn't really cope. Yeah, I guess. I understand. He 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 left the canopy. Uh, probably like somewhere around. Uh, year ago or so. Uh, he's somewhere in Fallen Grove. He's Maybe he'll come back at some point. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, Kellen, it's not your fault. I was gonna... I made something. Or I had I had someone make it. Oh, I see. Or, uh, and Kellen pulls something out of his bag. It's a box that he engraved. And uh, he opens it up. And there is a white bone dagger with a inscription engraved in Gnomish. And it is clearly Irma's full name. I I had this made and I was going to uh as a memorial. I know we'd we put the tombstone by my house and everything, but I made I wanted to give you all something uh to remind you of her. She's very quiet, hands folded in her lap, looking at the box that you've presented to her there with the dagger laying in it. Her head sort of drops down a little bit, looking toward her knees, and she says, You you made this, Kellen? Yes, I did. I made it for you all. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say, Kellen. Uh, you can tell that she's trying to keep her composure, hold back her tears a little bit. I thought it would be the best way to remember her. Seems like you really worked hard on it. Uh, it's beautiful, Kellen. I'm sure that Irma would have loved it. It certainly reminds me of her. That's for sure. Yeah. Kellen, I know it's been really hard for you uh, trying to move on since what happened but you, you do know that we don't blame you for what happened with Irma 
It was my fault. It wasn't your fault, Kellen. I should have. Trust me. Since the day Arma was born, neither I, nor her father, nor any friend could ever convince her to do something differently after she'd already set her mind to it, and you know that. She was going that day. She was going to take care of that creature, and there was no stopping her. She leans over towards you, places her hand on her shoulder. Kellen, it was always a risk you took when you all were chasing down those sort of monstrosities. Yeah. And we both we both knew the risks. We knew what was going on. We knew what we had signed up for, but But nothing, Kellen, that's it. I just That's it. You signed up for it. You were working toward it. It's the danger of, of hunting. It's the danger of stepping out there into that world and hoping that it doesn't turn against you. And it did. There's no sense losing sleep and losing the rest of your life over the thought of what could have been or what might have been if things had been a little different. I've, I've come to deal with my grief, Kellen. And I believe that, well, Joss said he's, he's trying to deal with his grief in his own way. You need to make sure that you're dealing with yours too. We all loved her. And we all miss her. She reaches out for the box. I hand it to her. She reaches inside and pulls out the dagger. And she says, It really is a beautiful piece of equipment. Thank you, Kellen. You're welcome. I did have another thing made. Oh, yeah? And Kellen reaches in his bag. And he pulls out the long... Nice-looking arrow mm -hmm. with a very sharp tip. Yes. And this will help me deal with my grief. When I find that monstrosity, it will finally allow me to rest. I understand, Kellen. And I, I do appreciate what you said. And... I know that you miss her just as much as I do. Mm. But this will put an end to all the grief that I've felt. And I guess this will be my way of finally saying my last goodbye. Be careful, Kellen. You've got a mother and a father at home waiting on you too. The last thing we need is another child taken away too soon. I know that Irma wouldn't want that for you either. Well, it was, it, it's, it's, uh, I've actually, um, I've actually got some things I need to take care of if that's all right, Kellen, but, uh, I really appreciate you stopping by and I really do appreciate this gift you, you've given us. I hope that, uh, I really hope that, well, I hope that you have success on your mission quest or whatever thing thank you you're always welcome in this house Kellen don't ever forget that I, I know and if you see Josset out there while you're somewhere out in Fallen Grove give him a swift kick to the pants for me <laughs> and she grins I'll make sure to and I, I give her one last hug and then I tell her uh, goodbye and I'll walk out the door 
Goodbye, Kellen. She stands at the door watching you as you walk off, and after a second, she just closes the door, goes back inside. As that all's going on, you're all in your respective shops and things. Jim is at the impressive House of Linens, buying a new robe. He gets finished. He's heading back to the meeting place. The other three of you are down at the other end, the far end of the Lost Branch, where you met Oldman, the wizard. Yeah. Procure a couple of magic items, a couple of scrolls for Sir Vance and a mm-hmm. broom of flying. I mean, I guess you yeah. can, more, it's more like a stick of flying, if we're honest. <laughs> if we're being honest, but you, you got that. Stick Lork's going to take it and like strap it to his back with like the few little twigs still sticking off of it mm-hmm. facing up. So it looks like he's got like a dead tree limb over his over his shoulder right. or something like a yeah if you strapped yourself to that couldn't you just technically use it as a jetpack so you're making your way to the meeting place walking and, fast okay <laughs> as you are faces what are you doing uh, so, uh, we need to find kellen so we can we can go see uh go see the the, the druid and also i'm i'm kind of tired we we did run like through the night, you're tired. Are are you not, Sir Vance? That's for the week. Okay, we need to I'm go. To, like we need to go to the Archdruid. We need to go. To, we need to go to the Archdruid like yesterday. I'm not saying you shouldn't go rest, but I'm I'm just saying. Well, in reality, Loric would be like, "Let's go. We're here." Yes, I agree. We are. Isn't yeah. our uh, meeting place the inn? In like mm. right next to the blah blah blah. I think that your meeting place is in the Lost District, like where ah. you guys came out of the bridge. I thought it was in Branchyard. It's not. Definitely. Okay, so we go there. All right. Yes. The Branchyard. Kellen's not there yet. You guys, you guys get back there before Kellen. It takes Kellen a while to cross the bridge, go find the house. Kellen, you're going to be a little bit after they are back ready to meet with you. Okay, I'll stop and get some snacks, by the way. Now, Jim, you're already there. Why? I mean, unless you were going somewhere else. I was going to go look at everything with my new robe. Okay. So you are just walking up and down the street checking everything out? Yeah, and I thought, well, maybe I'll do a spin, and then I realize I can see 360 without having to spin, and then I get a little sick because it's, like, extra dizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So, Jim, you are walking through the street just strutting, spinning. Spinning. And then not spinning, and then leaning against a wall trying to catch your breath and stop yourself from vomiting everywhere. And Just like Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> so Vance, you and Lorik and Guy make your way back in that direction. Are, are you doing anything else, or are you just making your way right for the stopping place, the meeting place? Stopping place. Walking fast. Short rest at the stopping place. You get to the meeting place? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sir Vance? What? Where's everybody at? They're making their way downtown, walking fast. That's a that's a joke you've been telling for a while now. Um, maybe we should just stop someone and ask where the uh, Archdruid lives. Maybe we should wait for Kellen. Yeah, I guess. But he really's mad at me. Why don't you go play with your broom for a while? Deal. <laughs> uh, Lorik takes the broom off his back, straddles it, says, Revia, and it jumps up in the air. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna fly, and he's he's gonna go up. You know, he's not gonna go so far away. Servants that... breaks out a scroll of Cindy. Yep. Okay. Flies off. He's like, quick, quick. Well, he's, he's gone before he gets quick. back. Quick. Okay. You pull out a scroll. 
Lork yes. lands beside him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guy says, what are, you, what are you doing with that? I'm getting a little worried about some things. So what? what is this? What's this do? We're sending a magic letter. Magic letter? Basically. To the cleric, Glaren. You know how the scroll sending works, right? No idea. You got so many words, just like Twitter. You send a short message of 25 words or less to a creature with which you are familiar, which is obviously High Cleric Glaren. The creature hears the message in its mind, recognizes you as the sender if it knows you, and can answer in a like manner immediately. So basically, you send him a mind message. He immediately hears it, and then he can respond with a mind message. None of them can exceed 25 words. I couldn't remember how many words it was. There you go. That's it. So... What would you like to say? You pull out the scroll and you say the incantation or what have you. Do the motion. And as you do, the writing is fading as you're saying it on the scroll. Keeps your password hidden. It does. No. This message will self-destruct. No. What do you say? You don't have to count up the words. No, he's just sitting here thinking about uh, okay. what he wants to say. That's fine. Let me, let me think of a prayer real quick. <laughs> yeah, let's do that for the next 45 minutes. No kidding. <laughs> seriously, like five minutes. There's seriously like five minutes I had to cut out of the episode. Of this. Of Jeffrey Glenn. <laughs> 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 pray. I pray. Uh, please. Okay, so what, are you, what is your... Please. Please. <laughs> I collect Glaren, please. What do I do? Glaren. He knows who you are, so you don't have to say your name. This is Sir Vance. Okay. Please. Okay. No. Okay, so you're starting over. Please. Please. You've had a week to think about this. I don't I don't think about work things outside of work. Oh, my jeez. Will you please? Can we please? Please. please. Hi, Glaren. Lorik's behavior is beginning to concern me. He literally fried an enemy after it was long dead. You're getting close. You've only got a couple words left. What now? <laughs> okay, that'll work. <laughs> you say these words, and do you speak them out loud or just in your mind? In my mind. Okay. No, I'll say them out loud. Okay, you say them out loud. Guy's standing there. Meanwhile, Lorik is just like, wee, over top of you as he's <laughs> flying up and down the street. Yeah, he is. This is awesome. You guys gotta try this. A few moments pass, and after a short time, you hear a familiar voice in your head, and it's High Cleric Glaron. He says, Vance, it's good to hear from you. I'm sorry to hear that things aren't going exactly as you had planned. Please wait. Please wait. And it ends with that. And you don't hear anything for a second. He's getting his scrolls out. Guy says, did he respond? Yeah, he said, hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, he put you on hold? He did. Is it playing that music in your head? Like, do, 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 do. It's almost like Wii Sports music. <laughs> <laughs> but for curling. <laughs> for volleyball. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's a good one. It's catchy. After a few moments, you and Guy are sitting there talking, and you hear his voice in your head. I have some of the clerics here with me. You won't need to expend your power anymore. We'll take care of it. What? He's implying to you that he is doing sending and you can respond. Ah. So you don't have to use your other spell. 
Nice. I mean, they do have like a church full of clerics. Yeah. So, please tell me, Sir Vance, what has you troubled? How goes the mission? And we're not going to worry about the 25 word thing now. We're just going to talk it out. We are. Where are we? In the canopy. Where are you? We're in the canopy in Fallen Grove. We're about to go see the Archdruid, who should have information about the Grove. But Loric's behavior is beginning to concern me about his... Is he really the one? Or is he an, someone evil that's going to cause trouble? I'm glad to hear that you've made it as far as you have, and hopefully this Archdruid can help you. I've heard of him even as far as Branshire. When you say Loric's behavior is concerning, is he showing signs of evil, would you say? Definitely. Hmm. He is... No, I'm not. (laughs) He has no emotions. He doesn't care to do things that good people wouldn't do. It's like it doesn't bother him. I understand your concern, Vance. In this case, the only wisdom that I can impart to you is that we must trust Paylor. And if we have received this quest from our God, then I suppose we have no other choice but to have faith. But please remember that you, as a paladin of Palor, are tasked with not only getting him to the grove, but keeping him. Do you understand? I understand. You have to reach this grove. Doubt is expected. You're not always going to be certain of what you should do next. The only thing we can do is trust in Paylor and be there for one another the best that we can. I'll do the best I can. I hope that this has helped you in some way. We'll be praying. I'm done. Peace out. <laughs> he hangs up. <laughs> Goodbye. Who phone? Who this? Jim, what are you doing? I am thinking... I can observe so many more specimens with this thing on. I'm also like testing out different ways of like, I'm holding it like, you know, not like a curtsy, but kind of like saying, Ooh, how does this affect my perspective? (laughs) If I do this or do that, it has pockets. uh, It has pockets. Yes. So many pockets. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. Pockets, pockets galore. I pocket my orb. (laughs) Of course. And other than that, I'm just like taking in the city. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. Never been here before in my life ever. So I want to learn everything I can about this can of peas. Okay. You walk around. You see some of the shops. You greet citizens, kind of get a feel for the place. There are a few vendors and restaurants and things. You may grab a snack here. You may do that there. Do you make your way back to the meeting place or do you just go on your own? Uh, eventually I, I make my way back to the meeting place when I think, oh, I wonder if they're there. Okay, that's fine. In a reasonable amount of time or in an unreasonable amount of time? Reasonable. Okay. Jim, Jim's not a jerk. <laughs> okay. 
So as Kellen is making his way back from the Solch District over where the bridge meets in the Lost Branch, Sir Vance is in the middle of having an important conversation with High Cleric Glaron. Lorik, you are flying around up and down the street of the Lost Branch, checking out all the shops, seeing things, doing some little air twirlies, different things. Are you oh, yeah. are you looking for anything or doing anything while you're flying around, or are you mainly just focusing on flying? Uh, I'm mainly just teaching myself how to fly, mm-hmm. I, I would think. I would keep an eye out for Kellen and Jim in particular, just mm-hmm. because I want to get to the Archdruid. Right, right. So... It, if you're looking for a perception check, the only thing I'd really be checking for is them. So I'd be like watching like the pathways leading into the square that we're in. You're flying around and you're keeping an eye out for Kellen, seeing if maybe he might come from a different direction or Jim. And you've started to fly a little bit back in the direction that you came from, which is toward the end of the Lost Branch. And mm-hmm. as you're flying around looking, you don't spot Jim for... A minute, Jim. You're you're probably up actually pretty close to where you guys are supposed to meet, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just wandering around looking at everything. Yeah, he's lost in the lost branch. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're flying around and all those things, and you're seeing everything and just taking it all in, something catches your eye on the street. Most of what you've seen <laughs> have been permanent residences in this district. Is it her? No, no, it's not her. <laughs> <laughs> Most of what you've seen in this district have been permanent shops, places built into trees like you're used to seeing, a few that are built out of those leathery leaf type things that we discussed and just different Mm -hmm. things. But you see what looks like a sort of um, like a stand. Okay. Like a little, little, like a... Like a magic wand stand? Well, as you're you're flying kind of low over, and you'll, you'll notice as you're flying, you'll hear a lot of kids yelling out at you like, whoa, look at that, as you fly by. And you see a lot of adults cutting you a little bit of an... Uh-huh. Just trying to keep my robes closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep your modesty. An elf has to be modest. <laughs> so you're flying over in different... I'm sure you've got some sort of pants on under there, right? Please tell me. Probably not. <laughs> As you're flying over and all this is happening, I'm sure Lorik, a little bit of Lorik, really enjoys that. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. It's a magic item. It's what he lives for. Exactly. People kind of oogling at him and, oh, look what that guy's doing. Wow, he's flying and different things. And you're seeing that. And they're used to seeing all kinds of crazy magic things, but it's not every day someone flies overhead on a broom of flying or a twig of flying or whatever it is that you've got. My twig of flying. You see that shop, this little stand. And as you sort of go around it a little bit, you've reached the point where you would probably start to turn around just so so that you don't get too far from where Sir Vance and Guy and them are standing and waiting for Kellen. Sure. But you do go by just enough to read some elvish runes on a sign above this little stand, and it says, Willow's Wands. Oh, yes. And there is a short line in front of it. You can see probably five or six people standing in line, some elves, gnomes, halflings, different people. You just keep on flying, or are you interested to maybe checking that place out? Definitely interested. I want to find Guy a wand. I land. So you swoop down, come to a safe landing. I'll tell you what, roll me a d20. Just give me like a dex. Roll him a landing check. It can be acrobatics. It's a 14 on the dice. Okay, you're good. Just to make sure that you don't crash as you're trying to land. You land your broom with finesse. A couple of people are staring at you with a little bit of, you know, 
oh, respect, you know, yo, respect. Mm-hmm. And Put some respect on his name. They just haven't heard Lorik speak yet. <laughs> exactly. You come around, you, you land, and you approach this little stand. And like I said, there's a, there's a short line there you see up in the little shop stand. It looks like there's sort of a, uh, it's not a very tall desk, you know, a counter, I should say, sitting there. And you see a shopkeeper, a small uh, halfling fellow standing there, and he's talking to an elven lady who's looking at a wand and checking it out. And he's, you can hear him kind of talking it up. Oh, it's like this, blah, blah, blah. And so you're standing there waiting for your turn to come up to the desk. Yes, Lorik is. He'll impatiently like look over shoulders to make sure there's enough mm-hmm. wands that he's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, have a chance at getting one. Yeah, you see behind him. It looks like there's a good collection of wands of different shades of wood and different things like that. But as you're waiting there, you're you know impatiently tapping your foot, excited. Oh, I'm gonna get guy a wand. You feel a little tug on the back of your robes, like someone tugging on it. Uh, excuse you. Uh, hi. You turn back and you see standing behind you a very small halfling boy. Run. Hello, he- sir. He- Hello? He- Hello, sir. Uh, hi. Can Who Who are you and why are you talking to me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's John. Uh, I, I saw you fly in on that stick. Yeah, is it really cool? It's really awesome it. trying to talk in a little boy squeaky voice hey, while my voice is practically gone. It's awesome. He holds it out in front of him. And he's like, "Yeah, it's my. Uh, it's. I think it's supposed to be a broom of flying. Oh wow! wow, wow. Can I see it? Can I see it? Can I fly? No, 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 no. I, I need to. I need to hang on to it. Oh, but it, it looks very, like a lot of fun. He gonna steal it. Very dangerous for little boys. Very dangerous for little boys. Where did you get it? Um, that uh, uh the wizard omen shop. Oh, that omen the um. The old man wizard, Omen. My my mom said I can't go down there. He's kind of scary. Really? He smells funny. Well, you know that's because he's. Oh old. wait, my mom says I shouldn't <laughs> say that about people. Uh, he, he he's. I'm not supposed to go down there. Well, that's good. You probably shouldn't then. Uh, can I see it? I mean, you can look at it, but I'm not gonna hand it to you. I don't know you, and it's a magic item. The little boy reaches his hand forward to, towards you, Lark. He says, can I, can I just see it for just a minute? Uh, I really it's always wanted to fly. I mean, Lorik like, shadows the broom for a little bit and says, uh-huh. Revia, and, like, it levitates just a little bit. Uh-huh. He goes, um, where's your parents? And you can ask them. I, if they don't want you around Omen, they probably don't want you around Lorik Darkbolt either. Ooh, that's a cool name. Where'd you get the name Dartbolt? That sounds really scary. It it yeah, I'm not scary, but it it's scary. I got it from my dad. I I don't know. I I feel like I yeah, I got my name from my dad too. That's that makes sense. So we're alike. How about I just like give you a coin and you leave me alone? <laughs> oh, I mean. I'll take a coin if you want to give me one. I just wanted to know about your stick, and he he kind of lowers his head. <laughs> oh, a little bit. I'm so I'm sorry. It um. You land back down and. Yeah, I land back down. What do you do? I'm not handing him the, the stick. Oh sure, sure, sure. No, no, no doubt. I'll, what are you he'll like he'll like hold it up in front of him both hands and be like, "Look at it. It it looks just like a regular broom, but someone has tore out, maybe burn off or." I don't know. Use this as a tar brush at some point. All right, roll me a perception check. 
Oh gosh. If you let a bunch of little halflings rob me my magic items. <laughs> it's gnomes. It's always gnomes. Jeffrey. They're halflings. Will you come and confirm what my dice is? What is it? It's the gold one. It's a number that's below two. Oh my glob. <laughs> No! This is perfect. I love this no! so much. Okay. You're reaching it forward, and the little boy, he's got his hands behind his back, and he's just leaning forward looking at it, and his <laughs> oh eyes are huge. Oh, wow. And at that moment, you don't notice as another halfling boy, maybe it's a little <laughs> bit bigger than this one. You're the worst. Comes running full speed and runs right between you. Knocking your arm and sending the wand flying. The wand? The wand flies through the air. No, the Arthur, I'm sorry, not the wand. The uh, the broom. The broom of flying. When he does, you spin, try to lunge for it, and you fall face first and just really hurts. <laughs> you smack on the street beneath you. And the halfling that bumped into you grabs the stick in midair and takes off as fast as he can and cuts down the street to the left. You're the worst human being in the world. <laughs> you see him <laughs> turn down that corner about the time that you can get up. Do I have... Oh, as I'm getting up, so I don't have a chance to shoot off a spell. No, maybe maybe with a 10, but with a natural one, bad. You're not on your... You're not at your best right now, Lorik. So the little boy that was there... Stop him! You yell out, stop him. A couple people turn and look, and they, they see a little bit of a commotion, but this small halfling kid that grabbed your room of flying and took off, he just takes off down that corner street, and he's he's out of sight before anyone can even really respond or react. I would like to cast hold per person on John. <laughs> okay. John is standing there looking around, freaked out. Uh, you cast hold person on him. Let me see. Oh, no. What has it got to be? A What sort of save? Wisdom, Wisdom. 15. Yeah, he does not succeed. Suddenly, John is unable to move. Now, just just to be sure, mm -hmm. the other it was a halfling child as well that stole the broom, right? Yeah, a taller one. When you cast hold person on him, he starts screaming and crying. <laughs> ah, what's what's happening to me? I can't move. Where's my mom? And everyone in the line turns around and sees you standing there holding a wand, and this kid is, like, his arms stuck down beside his side, and he is crying. Tears are pouring, like, pouring out of his face as he is screaming and crying. Oh, someone help me! I'm going to cast Suggestion. Okay. It's another Wisdom 15. Okay. Yep, he does not succeed. Tell me exactly how to get my broom back, or I'm going to kill you. He says, "What?" He look. He he looks utterly terrified, and he says, "I don't know how to get your broom back. I don't do it. I didn't do it." Are you freaking serious? This kid wasn't in on it. At this point, an elven woman that's standing in front of him says, "Sir, are you hurting this child? <laughs> Help! Someone!" Lorik's gonna lower his wands. He's not gonna drop hold person. Hold person okay. lasts for how long? Oh, it lasts. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, whole person's only one minute, so... Okay. I'm gonna start running. Like, I'm gonna run the direction that the kid with the broom went. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. I'm gonna put both my wands, uh, at my side and just take mm -hmm. off. Just gone. You took off running. Yep. I'm gonna leave him there. He's gonna stand there for one minute. Okay. So, he is standing there weeping, and this elven woman has reached down, and she's 
trying to console him and crying for help and pointing in your direction. Sounds great. You take off running, and you take off down that aisle, and it is a small alley. You turn. You see just in time as this halfling boy is climbing over a little partition and up the side of a building, sort of parkouring his way up there. Uh, magic missile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what level? Um, Ten. This is a child. I just want Are to make serious? it clear. This is a child. <laughs> it's Go a, ahead. It's also a thief, though. If yeah, I'm not saying child, you shouldn't. If you kill a child and servant wait, 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 out wait. about it, he's going to kill you. No, 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 no. Wait. He didn't cast Firebolt. I have. No. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if I had Firebolt, yes. No. <laughs> Or uh, no, I'm no, I'm just going to go actually for, I, is he within range? Is he within 60 feet of me? Uh, yeah, I'll say within 60 feet. Okay, I'm going to cast whole person on him. Okay, he is parkouring his way up a wall. Oh, he rolls a natural 20. Are you freaking Your whole person is ineffective. <laughs> just just for the record, you're, you're clicking off all these spell slots that you're burning like it's oh, you yeah. know, Black Friday. It's a Black uh-huh. Friday and you're just smacking out all that cash. I'm all out of second level spells, guys. Okay. All right. I thought so. Lovely. So your whole person <laughs> seems to have no effect. He is still parkouring up. Are you running toward him or are you stopped? No, I'm running. Okay. You're running toward him as he's trying to climb up the side of this building and over this it's like a partition in you know, between buildings. You know, like you'd see in a street. Like in, in the real world you'd see a sort of like caged fence or something. Here mm-hmm. it's more like just a wall. You better stop or I'm gonna hurt you. He does not respond. He is just scrambling as quick as he can trying to get up this wall. Magic missile. You've cast magic missile at what yep. level? First. Okay, so roll me 3d4. 3d4. It's going to kill a child. It's going to kill a child. Is it? It's going to kill a child. Is it going to kill a child? It's going to. I mean, I guess oh. it depends. Ooh, but... I rolled really high, though. <laughs> okay, what'd you get? Uh, Two fours and a three. That's what you rolled? Yeah. So that's 11 plus 3 is 14 damage? Yep. Well, that might be your highest ever level 1 magic missile. Magic missile. So you cast magic missile as this kid as he's about to cross over the partition, and it hits him in the back, and when it does, the force knocks him loose from his grip, and he falls over on the other side. He lets out a yell, and then you hear him smack the ground, and you don't hear him get back up. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I really hope I didn't kill him. What a way. That's how the campaign ends, with Lorik being killed. We should end the episode right there, but we won't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we got a little farther to go. That'd be such a good place to end. That'd be such a mean place to end an episode. Lorik starts so, climbing over the partition. Okay. I'm not going to make you roll anything for it. I'll say it's short enough, and there's enough handholds that you can get over it. it. You just might not be super quick at it. So you make your way over. And you hop down, you see a halfling boy laying there face down. He's his hand is grasped around the stick of the stick of flying. I'm just taking to calling it that now. The <laughs> stick of flying, he's laying there and he doesn't seem to be moving. He is wearing a sort of dark green cloak over his head and down his back, and you see his arms sticking out. It, you would assume it's to help him be a little more sneaky, less visible. Okay. So what I want to do mm-hmm. Is first I'm gonna put my hands on the stick, and take it out from underneath him or whatever, and then okay. I'm gonna get down and get right next to his face and see if he's still breathing. Lord comes over the fence and he sees the kid laying there and he jumps down. Like, oh, oh, are you okay? Are 
and he's he's gonna reach down and grab the stick, and he's gonna lower his face. And say, hey, hey, wake up! And he's gonna see if he can feel him breathing on his cheek. You lean down, you put your hand on the stick, and you say, "Wait, wait, wait, wake up!" And at that moment, you feel something sharp push up against your back. I say Revia. You say Revia, and the boy that's on the ground, still holding on to the stick with his hand on it. I said I took it out. He's lifted up into the air. I said you went to lean down to do it when this happened. Okay. You understand? Uh, Dark alley perception checks are important, bro. You got to be perceptive, bro. So going to die. So (laughs) you say Revia and the halfling boy that's holding on to it has one hand on the broom and you have one hand on it. And you're just sort of getting to where your feet would start to lift up off the ground. And the boy is climbing up onto it. So he's alive. Also, you take a dagger to the back. Oh, my gosh. Take six damage and make me a constitution save. Oh, these are mean little halflings. Lorik really is going to die right here. Okay, that's the 18 on the die, so 20. Okay, so you managed to keep your hand on the broom. The boy has thrown his leg over it. I mean, he's small. He's he's bigger than John that was talking to you. You would imagine he's probably like a 13 or 14-year-old halfling. But he is very, very agile. And he swings his legs over, and he is now straddling this broom, and he is trying to will it forward. So you are holding on to it, and he's sort of dragging you along. At this time, you see four more halflings come from around the backside of this alley. And two of them have bows drawn, pointed right at you, and two of them are running towards you. <sighs> two of them are running at me. Two of them drew bows, and I'm being drugged down an alleyway with one of them sitting on top of my stick. Not fast, because he's he's much lighter than you. And so even though you're not very strong, um, make me a strength check to see if you can hold him back. No, I got a two. A two? Okay. You had one hand on the broom. Did you try to get both hands onto it, or do you have one hand on a wand? I still had one on a wand, I think. Okay. So he manages to jerk the stick out of your hand and zooms forward out of the way. And what do you do? I'm going to give you one opportunity to react here in some way. How does the broom work? Like, if he loses concentration, will he drop it? Did he have to say the word for it to work? I mean, you said the word, and it it lifted. True. And he was holding on to it when it happened. I mean, I don't really think there's like a word you can say to just like make it stop or something. No. It's not a sort of magic item you have to like attune yourself to or anything like that. There's nothing that you can do to stop him now that your hands are off of it and he's flown up in front of you. Well, there is a like a command that I can send it away and get it to come back, but we have not established that, so oh well. Also, someone else has now taken possession of it. This is true. So, he hasn't flown away. He's just flown up outside of your reach, and he's sort of looping back around, trying to get himself used to it the way that you did when you started with it. Okay. So, basically, I need to kill him so I get my broom back so I can fly out of here before these other guys kill me. I don't have a way to communicate to call for surveillance or anybody to help me. Yeah, where he's flying right now, he is over. He's not over top of the streets. Oh, great. So he's not like he looped out. Yeah, the, he's looped out over sort of the the trees, the canopy itself. 
I need the I need I need an answer. Gut reaction. I mean, the gut reaction of Lorik is just the magic missile him before he like, but he wouldn't shoot it if the broom's not going to fall where he can get to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you shoot him where he is, it's going to fall down who knows where. Lovely. Uh, Lorik is going to reach in a pocket. Mm-hmm. He's going to pull out a potion. Or, not a potion, but one of those vials that Grenuckle had. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick up one of them. Um, mm-hmm. You described them to me. One of them was... One was ice and one, I think, was acid. I want to use the ice one at the two guys running at me. Okay. Just to try to buy me some time. And generally move in the direction of the dude flying the broom. So, go ahead and I'll say that you can lob it sort of between them to try and catch both of them. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants to do. Is that what you're wanting to do? Okay, I'm going to let them do a deck save. You guys better better give me my stick back and throw throw the ice. One of them immediately jumps out of the way. The other one sort of catches himself but isn't able to move before the potion crashes right at his feet and it immediately freezes his feet to the floor uh, he takes some damage a decent amount of damage actually he takes 10 cold damage nice. but his feet are frozen to the ground not like his legs are now made of solid ice but more like ice covers his legs and feet and it's like a chunk of ice a block holding him to the ground and he falls forward onto his hands and yells out at that moment, the one that was behind you with the knife, you feel something crash against the back of your head. Oh, no. Not like a weapon. Like, I say crash. I thought I got drug away from the one that was at my back. You did, yeah. He threw it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he didn't swing up and hit you with something. What it is is you feel something. It's really not hard. It's kind of like a soft little crushing sensation, like almost like someone threw like a piece of soft fruit at the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. It's a 13 on the dice, so it's a 15. Mm. Something crashes against the back of your head, and you smell this really strange smell. It's sort of a chemical-like smell, very pungent. And you immediately breathe this smell in, and you start coughing uncontrollably. And within just a few moments, you you fall down to your knees. You're looking up as these halflings are closing in on you, and your eyes slowly fade to black, and you fall unconscious. You've been chloroformed. I hate you. I physically hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me? Lorik, Lorik has been dying to find these things. His whole backstory is in need of these items, and it's just like, bye. <laughs> Sir Vance, you are back there where the bridge meets into the Lost District, sitting there with Guy. You've just spoken with the High Cleric, Glaron. He's given you some reassurances. You look around, and you notice that Jim is standing nearby, just sort of checking out his new cloak. You see him do a spin, but then he stops because he feels nauseous from the spinning. I go, oh, hey, there's Lorik being chased by halflings. That's cool. And then just turn around. (laughs) Great. I kid, I kid. Yeah. Uh, If Paul would let me see that, I would have helped. Well, I'll tell you what. You can give me a perception check. Okay. And it's advantage, right? Yes, it is. Two natural? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. What's my perception? Plus two. So that's a 16. 
Okay, that's good enough for not so much seeing what happened. As you're standing around, you're looking around, you're sort of trying to learn how to take everything in at once from a 360-degree view. It's a little disconcerting. And you're standing a little ways up from where Servance is there looking very intense, like he's concentrating intently, but you don't really know what's going on. And guys just kind of staring at him, rubbing his chin. And you hear the sound of someone screaming, like in fear. And then you hear someone yelling, help. Help! And someone. you happen to notice Lorik take off running across the street, up the street, probably... 80, 100 feet from you guys, maybe more. So I run the other direction. <laughs> okay. No, no I, I, I say, hey, did you hear that? Hmm? What? There was a scream or something. I don't know. A scream? Where From where? A point. You can now hear, Servants, you can hear the sound of someone yelling and screaming up the help. street from where you guys someone. are. Should we help them? I guess it's our duty to help those in need. Well, let's go help those in need. <laughs> so let's do this. About that time, you guys see Kellen come jogging up, snacking on some trail mix that he's got in a little leaf in his hand. Kellen's munching on some trail mix, and it's pretty good. It's got dried strawberries and stuff like that. And he walks up, and he's like, Sir Vance and Jim are standing right there. He goes, hey, um, what'd I miss? So that's where we're going to end this week with Lorik in the clutches of some nefarious group of adolescent teenage uh, halfling I used to love creeps. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This has been Make Believe Heroes. If you like what you've heard and you want to help us out, because, hey, let's be honest, we're your best friends. Like, the five of us are your best friends. This <clears> is true. You should go into iTunes and help us out. Give us a five-star review. Yeah. Share the news of our show with a friend, someone who likes D&D or just someone who likes fun things. You should also holler at us on Twitter. Let us know that you're enjoying the show. You can follow us on there at MBH Podcast. And, of course, if you like what you've heard, the sound effects, all of those things, you can find many of those on BattleBards.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.